Faith Promise, good morning. How we doing? Great to see you guys at all of our campuses. So thrilled that you're with us this weekend. It has already been great. We're thrilled. At Campbell, they've taken a huge jump since Easter. God is doing great things out there. Our North Knoxville campus was 50% over last year Easter. They're killing it at our North Knoxville location. Anderson with, with additional space now. Blunt. Last weekend, I think last weekend may have been a record non-production. Had over 1,000 last weekend on our Blunt campus, and so Matt's killing it. <clears throat> Internet, Pellissippi, wherever you're worshiping with us, we're just so thrilled that you're with us. We're actually, we're actually talking about putting our service in some of the local prisons and uh, just the whole thing. So we're working on that. Exciting. Exciting. So it's great. We welcome you just... So excited that you're with us, so excited that you're here. Uh, Easter was great. I heard Pastor Josh talk about it. You know, in this alignment, I want to encourage you, share your story in the small groups. It's a great place. I went to lunch this week with uh, John Avant. Uh, he's the pastor of Concord First Baptist, and I called him when he moved into town and said, I'm praying for you, know you're coming, and then we got here, I said, hey, when you get free, let me take you to lunch, and so... Went to lunch at about once a quarter. We go to lunch, and this past week we went to lunch. He sat down. He said, dude, what in the crud happened at Easter? He said, everywhere I go, all I hear about is faith promise Easter. He said, man, what? He said, uh, he said, there was this. He told me where he got his hair cut, and he said, there's, this, there's a young lady uh, that, that I had invited to, to Concord. Now, he said, now, if you live in Hardin Valley, I want to invite you to go to my buddy's church, Faith Promise. And so the next time he got his haircut, which is this past week, he walked in and she just ran up and hugged him and said, hey, I went to Faith Promise for Easter. I got saved and baptized. Woohoo! So it's just awesome. Awesome. Awesome all that God is doing. So we're stoked. Now, we began this last week in alignment which means that the topics that we tackle on the weekend message, we dive in at another level in groups. It's where we discuss them. It's where we talk about them, pray through them, try to understand them at a greater level. And so, I, man, this group is a great place to share your story, man, how you came to know the Lord, and this is a great week to do it in your small group. So, But we do an alignment. Again, we do it typically twice a year where, we, where again, we want to – the four cups are so important, this series, and, and the texts and the topics that we really want to drill down at another level. Now, we have seen some explosive growth in the last year. It's just uh, the last couple, three years have been explosive. And, and as we've seen that explosive growth, in line with the thinking about an alignment, because it deals with our small group ministry, multiplication of our group ministry is mission critical. And so many of you have great groups. You've been together for a while. You love each other. Man, you know it's great. And, and you just sort of want to keep it like it is. Amen? Come on. Don't make me come to your group. We know who you are. You know, but so, so with that thought, let me ask you a question. Do we want to see more people saved? Do, do we? I, I, I didn't. Do we want to hear, see more people saved? Every campus is that right? Okay. See, we want to see more people saved. Then we've got to have a place for all those people who give their heart to Jesus. Does that make sense? 
And everybody who drinks of this first cup of sanctification, we've got to have a spot for them. So we need more groups because groups are where we clean the fish that we catch. See, everybody likes to catch fish, but not many people want to clean fish. And 325 people that gave their heart to Jesus Easter, and more last week and more will this week. We've had a ton, we have a ton of brand new baby believers. And so we've got to have a place to connect them to teach them. Does that make sense? And so I know your group is great, and I know it's perfect, and it's wonderful, but we need to multiply it. See, this is the deal. You can't say, well, you could, but I'm going to fuss at you. You can't say, we want to see more people saved, but we don't want anybody else in our group. We want to see more people saved, but we don't want to multiply our group. We want to see more people saved, and we hope somebody cleans those fish. We want to see more people saved, and we hope somebody changes those diapers and teaches them about the Bible, but not our group because we like our group. Well, listen, can I, I'm going to give you a newsflash. You'll spend forever in heaven together. <laughs> Man, you can, listen, you can navel gaze in heaven for eternity. You, you, you eight can get on a cloud and float around and watch the angels play harps and fat little naked angel babies, you know, and then you can do it. You'll be up there, Ooh, man, you'll just know it all. Listen, here, here and now, we got to have a place for these people. Are y'all with me? Y'all not with me? Come on, somebody talk to me. And we've got to have a place. I was working out this week, and by the way, this let me tell you, I hope you're still on your personal growth plan. We just, you know, we just moved into the second quarter, and I told you I was going to work out this year. Remember I told you in January? And y'all laughed, and you would have been right to laugh. I got physical for Dr. Murph, who's my, uh, two weeks ago, to, um, I'm off any medicine. I'm just healthier than I've ever been. More energy. Because I'm exercising any better. And so, I, man, I get to serve God more. I feel better. I'm just excited about what's going on. So I was, in the, I was in the rush. And this lady who I see in there periodically walked up and a few weeks ago and said, hey, I go to Faith Promise. Just wanted to introduce myself. Man, excited. Just, you know, she said, glad you're working out. And all. So she goes her way and I go mine. And she came up to me last week and she said, hey, we got in a group. I said, that's awesome. She said, dude, it gets deep fast. People were crying. Man, praying about stuff. People were, see, wow. See, we sit in a room and look at me or who's ever teaching for the weekend in a group. We get in a circle and look at each other. And we, and, and we, we, get, we get serious. And that's where we do what the Bible calls discipleship. It's a big Bible word, discipleship. And it's where we teach those we catch. It's where we teach new Christians. Does that make sense? That's why multiplication is critical. We have about 250 adult small groups. We need 1,000. We probably had 600 people give their heart to Jesus in the last three weekends. Where, where are we putting them? Where are we putting them? With the, see, discipleship is teaching those that we catch the Word of God. It's how to grow. It's, it's what we do. In small group is where we really unleash the Spirit of God, and we unleash the Word of God, and we can look at people and ask them questions. We can meet. You know, guys can get together at 6 o'clock at Cracker Barrel for breakfast around a Bible, and, and we can get raw and real. 
And so what we've got to do is we, we've got to have more groups. We've got to get people into groups so that they can grow like God wants them to grow. And we've got to multiply so that we can have a group for everyone who drinks, drinks deeply from number one, the cup of sanctification. We've got to be ready. Now, this series, if you're brand new, is out of four foundational promises and these promises literally are through the Word of God, but the first place they're all locked in together is in Exodus chapter 6. There are four promises, and out of that, the Israelites called them the four I wills. In Exodus chapter 6, again, this is, they're just about to be released with Moses from slavery and head to the promised land. Say therefore to the sons of Israel, God speaking to Moses, I am the Lord, and what? I will bring you out. That's cup number one. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians out of slavery and deliver you. I will deliver you. Now, wait a minute. See, you just brought me out, which is the cup of sanctification. Why do I now have to be delivered? Well, because, because no doubt God got him out of Egypt, but Egypt was still in him, Right? And, and there had to be a deliverance of that slavery mindset. So cup number two, we're going to talk about next week. I, listen, if you have, you are going to be so helped next weekend. Whatever you do, don't miss next weekend. If you're going to get online, because you're going to understand why Christians do stupid things next weekend. You're going to understand it like you've never seen it before. It's going to be unbelievable. As a matter of fact, I wanted to go right to next week. I'm so excited about it. And so it, I will deliver you from bondage. So I'm going to take you out of slavery. But, but see, people are saved, but they're still in bondage. Right? So I'm, then I'm going to deliver you in bondage. I will also redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. Well, I can't wait till we get cup three. Because he said, cup three, I'm going to redeem you. With, with an outstretched arm and great judgments. Why? Oh, you, this, oh, good night. This is some of the best stuff we've ever done. Then, what? I will take you for my people. See, so far it's been individual. I will deliver you, and I will, I will rescue you. I will deliver you. I will redeem you. And then I'm going to make y'all, they were southern Egypt, y'all my people, and I will be your God. Listen, let me, let me, just, let me give you this to you. Because the bulk of Christians will never drink of cup number three and number four. And until you drink of all four cups, when you do that, then you will know, I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord. You shall know that I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out from underneath the burdens of the Egyptians. The reason so many people go to church and they're saved, they're, they're born again, but they don't know God in a, in, a, in a close way because they've never drank of cup number two, three, and four. In the South, we mix all this up. Because we got all kind of funky theology in the South. Are y'all with me? It's unbelievable, some of the stupid stuff that gets preached from churches. So the four I wills of God. So here's the four cups. Here's what we call them. Cup number one is the cup of salvation. So listen, it is the cup of sanctification. We, and listen, you don't, have to, you don't have to join anything. You don't have to change anything. You don't have to read anything. You don't have to be a part of anything. I will, listen, I will, I, I will sanctify you. Man, I'm going to bring you out. It's, that's it, period. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. Then I'm going to deliver you. The second is the cup of freedom. Because saved people need to be free people. 
And then, oh, ooh. Then number three, restoration. And I was, I was working this and thought about that 56 Corvette. If you could have seen how horrible it looked when we started. But when we finished, it was a work of art. And some of us, when God got us, we were wackadoodle-doo. Are y'all with me? We were, had been thrown away to the junkyard, and God said, I want that. And God brought, brought us in, and God, he saved us, and he, man, he delivered us, and he redeemed us. He restored us, the cup of restoration, and then the cup of fulfillment in the family of God. <clears throat> 87% of believers, by and large, in America will never drink of the cup of restoration, and they will never experience freedom in the family of God, especially in America because we have this rugged individualism, this, this deal. Josh and I were, were at a conference together, and we were talking to this guy at a, at a, who's planning a church in New Orleans, and he was on staff with Chris Hodges, where the four cups came from. Chris is a friend of mine, and, and, and he said, you know, I believe God wanted me to go to New Orleans, and this is what he said. But I went to my pastor, and I said, Pastor, do you believe it's God's will for me to go? And I want to tell you something. Pastor, let me pray about it. Came back and said, I think that's what God wants you to do. Had the pastor said, I don't think you should go, he wouldn't have gone. Well, that's crazy. Why would he do that exactly? There's, see, people are not planted in the house, and there's no authority in the house. So we do just whatever the heck we want to do. Are you with me? Are you with me? And so it's so difficult. So, man, God said, see, when you get, when you're really plugged in the family of God, then you're going to know that I'm the Lord God that delivered you. Then and only then will you get the whole deal. The problem is, see, we, most of us are from the South, and in the South, churches are about behavior modification, not about transformation. So if you'll cut your hair and if you'll wear a suit... And if you'll stop cussing, and if you'll only smoke outside of the church and not inside the church, where all the deacons did on the front porch. You see, I didn't understand the four cups, so I thought they were all lost because they smoked. They didn't actually keep them coming in the service. So I tried to get the pastor to let me fire all the deacons. I said, they're doing burnt offerings on the front. They never even come in. Now, I, didn't, I didn't get all the four cups, and I'd probably still fire them. But the deal is... But so, so we're about, we're, see, and if you'll just talk like us and dress like us and act like us, you'll be okay. And you can still beat your wife. You can still cheat on your taxes. You can still watch porn. You can still do all that crap. Are you with me? As long as you show up on Sunday and act like you got it together. Are y'all in the house? And see, that's where the southern churches are. <laughs> the state of Tennessee, the number one state for pill addiction in America we got a church in every corner because the church is not about transformation. It's about behavior modification. And God's about transformation. He's about, he's about bringing us out of slavery, then delivering us from bondage, and then restoring us to, the, to original intent the way he originally made us. And then we find fulfillment in the family of God. So, the, amen. So that's the deal. And as we, we roll back 3,500 years, remember actually, you know, wow. Like four, th like 4,000 years, and, and Joseph is sold by his brothers into slavery. He ends, up being, he ends up being vice president of the world, and he saves Egypt from, a from famine, Israel from famine, and he's the vice president. So all the, all the, there's only 60 Jews alive at that point. So they, they come there to the land of Goshen in Israel. Joseph dies. 
the Pharaoh died, and not long after that, the Pharaoh decided to enslave, the next Pharaoh, or a couple of Pharaohs later, to enslave the children of Israel and make them slaves. And that's what they did. I want to tell you something about that. Just think about this. See, the same demonic spirit that led Pharaoh to enslave the children of Israel is the same demonic spirit that tries to enslave us. Does that make sense? And so that spirit is still alive and well. So, so we're going to get to the Passover in a minute, which is where the four cups, because each there's four cups in the Passover meal, each of them representing one of the promises. But I want to give you just three cups that Pharaoh made the Israelites, or the different Pharaohs made the Israelites uh, in, and it's the same cups that the world tries to make us drink. Are y'all ready? If you're a note taker, get ready. Number one, he put them in a pit making bricks. Put them in a pit. Matter of fact, the children of Israel built the wonders of the world. Slaves built the city of Ramses and all these cities and all this stuff they built. Now, a slave is this. A slave is someone that is submitted to a dominant influence. The Israelites were slaves to the dominant influence, which were the Egyptians, right? Y'all with me? Now, we can, be a, we can be enslaved to, to one or many dominant influences. It could be alcohol. If you've ever been an alcoholic, you're a slave to alcohol, right? If you are addicted to drugs, pills, whatever, in any shape, fashion, or form, you are dominated by the influence of those drugs. Some of us are dominated by, by our lust or pornography or, or, or you know, physical gratification. And we are, we, are, we are under that dominant influence. For some of us, we are under the dominant influence of greed, our success, and, and so we are, we are that, that, that dominant spirit is over. Does that make sense? And there's 10,000 more. It could be pride. It could be bitterness. It could be so many things. But because of that dominant influence, it affects how you live. Does that make sense? If you're an alcoholic, your whole life revolves around another, another fifth of whiskey. Does that make sense? Or another, you know, six-pack or case or keg or whatever. The next joint, the next needle, the next pill, the next million, the next whatever. Your life is dominated. And see, when you're dominated by that, it affects how you live. And what we feel is trapped. Does that make sense? When I was a drug addict, I was trapped by the drugs. The drugs became the dominant influence, not me. We feel enslaved, trapped. Jesus said in John 8, 34, this... Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits what? Is a slave of sin. Now, have we all sinned? Of course we have. See, slaves are stuck. The, the Israelites were stuck in the pit making bricks. And when you were stuck, only God could set you free. Does that make sense? Only God. Because all of the four promises are all wrapped up in Jesus, our Passover. Because the New Testament said he is our Passover lamb. The second cup that Pharaoh made him drink was, was the murdering of the baby boys. We're, we're doing that again in this generation, aren't we? Actually, we're, we're into the full second generation of taking the life of, of children. And let me tell you what the devil did then is still doing. He was trying to destroy the future potential of the nation of Israel. Wanted to make them weak, keep only the women, kill the men, and wanted to keep them slaves. The devil will do everything he can do to destroy your future potential and keep you stuck. Does that make sense? See, before I was saved, I knew I had potential. 
I, I knew, but I couldn't achieve that potential. I knew that there was some good stuff in me, but that good stuff in me couldn't come outside of me because I was a slave to another dominant influence. And so what I felt inside was empty. You ever felt empty inside? I just felt empty. So I filled that with drugs. I filled it with sex. I filled it with partying. I was the life of the party. I tried to make everybody laugh. That's just that's poor, where poor Micah gets it. And so that was what I did. But I was empty inside. The third cup that Pharaoh made him drink was he required them to make bricks without what? Straw. Now, listen, we're, we're all going to get this. If you're listening, say I am. See, a 12-hour day became a 16-hour day. At daylight, they were at the mud pit to make bricks, but when they got to the mud pit, the Egyptians had provided bales of, of straw, and they would put the straw in the mud, and they would stamp it down together and make it, and they would make bricks, and they put them in the kill, and they would harden those bricks. Well, see, they, now, instead of getting to work at daybreak, they had to get up at three in the morning and go do what? Gather straw. See, a 12-hour day became a 16-hour day. Anybody understand that here? Anybody got work? Hey, you got to work a double, and we need you Saturday, and we need you Sunday. I know you haven't been off in three weeks, but we really need you to crank this out. Does anybody get that? Yeah. See, and what, listen, what did Pharaoh or the demonic spirit want to do to the people of Israel, the people of God? Wear them out. See, when you're tired, you're, you, you, you can step in and stupid easy. You make horrible decisions when you're tired, don't you? I don't even feel saved when I'm tired. And so, but so what did the enemy want to do? Keep them tired, keep them struggling. Because when you're tired, it kills your dreams. And it kills your vision. And that's just fine with Pharaoh. That way the slaves would stay in slavery and never think of being set free because they were too tired to think about victory down the road. See, when you are tired, when you're working those 16-hour days, when you're running, 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 it robs you of your joy, it robs you of your victory. And what do you feel? You feel spent. You ever felt spent? exhausted, burned out. Many times you get burned out by doing things that simply don't matter. See, rest is not inactivity. We'll say that again. Listen, rest is not inactivity. Rest is the condition of your soul. See, in the book of Hebrews it said, God said, I want you to enter into my rest. I want you to enter into this rest he told the children of Israel that sinned and wouldn't let them in the promise land. You're not going to get to enter into my rest. See, the devil wants to keep us exhausted, and God wants us to enter into a rest. Are you with me? And I love being rested. I love, li listen, I, somebody asked me the other day, you're still working out. What's your favorite part? I said, finishing. <laughs> but now I'm almost beginning to enjoy it. And I'm, and I'm eating cleaner. Now I get up, I feel good in the morning. I have more energy. I'm rested. Because I'm eating better food and I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of my body better. And I want to serve God more because I feel rested. Does this make sense? See, John 10, 10, the devil comes to steal, kill, and what? Destroy. Steal your joy. Kill your life. Destroy your future. Just like the Pharaoh did to the Israelites. Let me tell you, but Jesus, I came, Jesus said that you might have life and have it more or have it abundant. See, when you drink of cup number one, the cup of sanctification, you, that, that's the reason that Jesus came. That's the reason he came. And when you drink of cup number one, you begin to experience things that you didn't know would happen, like Romans 8, 11. 
And Roman 8 says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in who? Who? He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in you if you've drank cup number one. If you've been born again, if you, man, then you have the spirit of Christ. Listen, if you don't have the spirit, that means you don't have Christ. In Luke 10, 19, Jesus said this, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Cup number one, the cup of sanctification, because he wants to get the prodigals out of the pig pen. Now, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. How did we get in the pig pen? How, How did we get there? Well, just like the Israelites, gang, we were born in the pig pen. Now, you may have your first child, and it's little, but that big. And you think that's the sweetest thing that God has ever created. And that this child could never do anything wrong. But it's going to grow. (laughs) And you're going to realize that it was born into slavery. I'd I'd have got furious at me when I said that, you know, Mm, several months ago, left the church, said, I can't believe, man, I have little kids. I can't believe you said we're on the devil's side or on God's side. I said, your kids were born on the devil's side, just like you and your wife. Oh, he was mad. That's all right. My gift making people mad. And so this is the deal, cup number one. And, and one of the problems in the South, and I want, in the next four weekends I want to talk, is that we mix the cups up. We mix the promises up. The cup number one, God, the cup number one, they call it the cup of sanctification. The first cup they drink in the Passover is sanctification. It's a big, huge Bible word, big honking Bible word. It means to be set apart. Set apart for a different function, a new and different purpose. When you drink this cup of salvation, when you confess Jesus as Lord, listen, you don't have to believe anything. I mean, you have to believe he's Lord. You don't have to join anything. You don't have to do anything except put your faith in him. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him dead and you'll be saved. It, it, it is so easy. It is so easy. People, man, preachers say there's no way faith promise has that many people saved. There's no, they're watering it down. They're making it easy. It is easy. It is easy. It's the it's easiest... It's the easiest thing you'll ever do, but it will ultimately cost you everything. It's the easiest thing. So it, it means to drink the cup of sanctification means to be set apart for a new purpose. I, I used this illustration a couple months ago. If when you got married, you got China, y'all, y'all ever, you know, you get a pattern and people buy you stuff, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so you 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 don't use that any you I mean those stay in the cabinet. You know what I'm talking about? Why do you have them and you don't use them? Because somebody might break them. See, they are sanctified. They are set apart cutlery. Are you with me? And if you have a big thing, you know, like your, your mama used to have, you, you, you present it. It's, it's in the curio. You ever seen that? Now, we can't eat on it, but we can look at it. <laughs> so we got it up there. We're just looking at it. And why? Because it's for a special, it is set apart plate. It's not a normal plate. Every sanctuary that our campuses remain at, even Campbell, listen, every single sanctuary is set apart. It's sanctified. It's for a different use. We're here to worship God. It's, it, they're set apart buildings. They're for different. You know what? Is, is, is your China perfect? No. No. Are these buildings perfect? 
No, but they're sanctified. See, being sanctified doesn't mean you're perfect. It just means you're set aside for another purpose. Let me give you a marriage. It's a sanctified relationship. You promise to, to love and cherish them above all others in death, until death do you. I mean, there is nobody. You pre- they, are the, they are the number one person. Or is there a perfect marriage? No, but you know what? It's sanctified relationship. It is set apart from all other relationships. By the way, a week ago, Michelle and I celebrated 31 years. Man, it's awesome. 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 But if we're going to drink from cup number one, we have to understand what cup number one is. If you drink it, you'll never be the same. I drank cup number one in the hospital after an overdose. I drank cup number one. I just asked Jesus to save me. I didn't, I didn't do anything else. I didn't join anything. I didn't read anything. I didn't do anything. But let me tell you what happened. I, that, that was Thursday, Sunday. It was at church, and I got planted in the house. And I submitted to the authority of my pastor. John Yarbrough, and I began to learn and grow. See, I was, I, was, I was sanctified the moment that I put my trust in Jesus, but I still need to be delivered. And so if you miss next weekend, oh, mercy. And so, and so I, was, I was sanctified because now I was set apart for a new purpose. And so well, that's why we got to help all those people who got saved. That's why we got to help them get planted in the house, not way down the road, but now. Does that make sense? And so we've got to help them get Get planted in there. And so that's, that's what we got to do. We, we have to understand it if we're going to drink from the cup. Now, we, we, we were saved, or, or we grew up in the South, and, and it's so unbelievable what churches have changed cup number one into. Right? That's, that's why people say, well, all those people can't be getting saved at Faith Promise. That's crazy. It's just it's hard. No, it's easy. It's not hard. It's not art. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. That's what you have to do. That's what you have to do. See, what we say in the South, see, because we had cup number two to cup number one. We had cup number two. Cup number two is a process. Cup number one is an event. It's Aris in the Greek. It is a single point-in-time action that you, that you drink that cup, metaphorically, and you, you give your heart to Jesus. That's the deal. And what did he say? I will bring you out. See, what we say is, well, you know, I talk to people all the time. Well, I got to get my life cleaned up. I got to change some stuff. I got to stop doing some stuff. Really? Is that what they did in, Israel, in Egypt? No. They just followed Moses out. They just followed him out. Well, you got to do this and that. No, you don't. No, no, no. 3,000 people at Pentecost said yes to Jesus. They immediately went and got baptized. They were immediately sanctified. They were set apart. So the deal is, is God said, promise number one, I will bring you out. I'm going to re- rescue you. I'm going to bring you out. Does that make sense? So how do, how do I do it? And this is just a great understanding of salvation. Let me give you three things. Number one, you, you make a move. What did Israel do to, to not, no longer be slaves? They left. You know what they did? This morning they got up to the to the. Uh, Pig pen to the mud pen where they mud pit where they're making bricks. The next day they got up and they headed toward the promised land. It's called repenting. It is a change of direction. I'm walking this way as a slave. I don't like that anymore. Matter of fact, Egypt's not near as cool as I thought it was. I mean, nobody, nobody, listen, nobody slams a couple of buds back and believes one day they'll be an alcoholic. Nobody. It looked good when I went to Egypt, but wow stinks. You just turn away. You turn to Jesus. 
Repentance, changing of directions, leaving Egypt. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. Therefore, come out from amidst their midst and be separate, says Lord. We're leaving. We're going to another place. And do not touch what is unclean, and I will welcome you, and I will be a what? A father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Listen, we just changed directions. We're going this way our whole life. We realize we won't cut number one, and we turn this way, and we just start following Jesus. Does that make sense? Got that number two? Some of you, listen, you got to let it go. What is it? I don't know, but you do. Holding on, hanging on to something. There's a rope or chain keeping you to the past. Remember when the angels went to get Lot out and Lot didn't want to leave? And the angels literally grabbed Lot and his wife and his two daughters and drugged them out of Sodom. And he said, don't look back. But you know Lot's wife? Man, the mall was back there. Walmart was there in Sodom. Man, you know, where she had breakfast and all her friends and her book clubs were there. And she couldn't stand but look back and she turned into a pillow of salt. Some of us are, we're trying to hold on to the past. You got to let it go. Let it go. Mark 8, chapter, uh, Mark chapter 8, verse 34 and 35. And he summoned, his, summoned the crowd with his disciples and said, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but he whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. We turn away from our life, we turn to the new life. Does that make sense? Listen, I'm trying to make it as simple as we can get. Number three, you just commit your life to Jesus. So you've been committed to something else, haven't you? You've been committed to something. You just commit your life to him. You just commit your life to him. The Jews were building monuments to the people that enslaved them. And many of us are building monuments to the world that's enslaved us. Is that, my, is that dumb? As a stick. Romans 6, 19 says this. I'm wrapping it up. I'm speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves to impurity and lawlessness resulting in further losses, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness resulting in sanctification. So we were focused on something else. Now let's focus on him. See, I didn't choose to be a slave. I was born a slave. Anybody with me? I chose to follow Jesus. Man, I chose to put my faith in him. The, the word is relationship. It's just relationship. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't get good enough, clean enough. You can't give enough money, read enough Bible, go to church enough. It's simply a gift that God gives you. Cup number one, the cup of sanctification is not joining the church. It's not, man, it's not anything but putting your faith in him. It's entering into a relationship with Jesus. Does that make sense? Being sanctified, the cup of sanctification is now I am set apart for a different purpose. So, if you're ready to make a move, well, that hundreds have given their heart to Jesus in the last few weeks. If you're ready to make that move, and then you're going to drink the next three cups, what a better time. I can't imagine a better time to be saved. So to all of our campuses right now, if you just bow your head, we're going to pray with you because we love you. And man, we've drank cup number one and it transformed us and we want to see you transformed. Pray this prayer with us. We're going to pray it with you. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned and I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord, Master, and Ruler. I'm going to change directions. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to commit to you. I believe in you. I put my faith in you, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said,
Come on, give him some praise. Woo! Man. Man. Now listen, next week, it's going to be unbelievable. It's just going to be unbelievable. It's, it's going to be one of the greatest messages I've ever done. You just simply don't want to miss. Matter of fact, Saturday night, listen. This is what we, this is what, look, there's, there's a lot of goals that we're shooting for, but let me tell you something. Internet, by the way, if you'll go to the chat room or if you'll click right there, the communication card, somebody will be in touch with you. We're, we're so excited you're with us. And all of our other campuses, or campus pastors are there. You know what I'd love to see? Those curtains opened. For the curtains to be opened, we'd have more what? People. It's all about the people, isn't it? And so invite your friends next week, cup of deliverance. It's going to be so amazing. You're going to understand why you do stuff you don't want to do. You're going to understand why you struggle with issues. You're go, it is so, oh, my mercy. I wish I could just go ahead and preach it now. I've been preaching to Josh all week. He's about ready to be saved. Man, it is so close. And so we got campus pastors. Now listen, if you're not in a group, when this service is over, go to the next steps and get in a group. And listen, I want to challenge every group. Have everybody this week share their story. Because there may be some people in your group that have never drank cup number one. They just grew up in the South and believe because they've been in church since before the day they were born that they're okay. And they've never drank, sipped the cup of sanctification. Does that make sense? So you can get information there. If you gave your heart to Jesus, take that communication card, fill it out, you put it in the offering box, or bring it to a campus pastor. Has it been good to be in the house of God? Come on, Saturday. Man, let's build the kingdom. We love you guys. Be blessed. See you next week.